This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Thank you. You can go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Don't you appreciate Pastor Bernie and Janice and Pastor David and Katie? You've got such great leaders here. And uh, I have to admit, in 40 years of ministry, it'll be 40 years this June, I've never been called a milkshake before. When he first heard, when he first said that, my first thought was, am I fattening? Am I cold? But then you went ahead and explained it. So I appreciate that very much. It's always a joy. You know, I just, um, if, if nothing else happened today, when I walked in the door, I sensed the blessing of God in this place. Uh, the doors opened and I, I said, that is the sound of joy. And I walked in and people were, you know, fellowshipping and encouraging one another. Isn't it good to go to a place where you get lifted up? You know, just walking in the door here lifts you up and just being around other people. You know, the thing is, uh, how many of you found out there's a bunch of stuff in this world that wants to beat you down and knock you down and discourage you? But uh, when you come to a place like this, everybody wants you to make it. Everybody wants you to succeed and and, you know, have every blessing that God has for you. Uh, I, I think you can say this is a place they don't want to see through you. They want to see you through. And so thank you. It's a joy to be here as always. Um, you know, one of the things I want to say thank you for you guys not only bless us when we come, but every month when we are not here. Did you know that some of the money that you give to your church, some of that comes to help us? In our travels, and I, I know you probably support many different folks and out. The, so, so I want to encourage you. One of the most important things you can do is to give strong to your local church. Now, two reasons. Number one, because the church, the house needs to be strong. But also when the house is strong, then there's some extra. Pastor David talked about leftovers. And, um, I always think chili tastes better. Second day. And what else is it? Something else. Spaghetti, Italian food, something, maybe the spaghetti sauce. There's some things that aren't bad left over. And uh, so we appreciate, maybe we'll call it overflow. We appreciate the overflow. And I know other ministers that are blessed and helped by you guys too. Um, so I want to take just a quick minute. I won't take long with this. But I want to show you some of what you help us do. Because that means that you're a part of this. All right. Let's go ahead and show the first picture. Those are our books. And every year um, I've written eight books in English, actually nine. One of them's coming out shortly. Uh, but those are the eight that have been published in the center. But the stacks on the left and the right are the foreign translations. And they're in Arabic and Russian and Chinese, Mandarin. Uh, Indonesian, Greek, French, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and there's more and more coming out all the time in these different languages. And it just, um, it, it's really a blessing to know these are spreading into different regions of the world. I can show you pictures. I won't, I didn't bring them, but of, of pastors in Iraq who are getting copies of these books, uh, uh, Tunisia, Morocco, in the Muslim nations, and so on. And uh, so we're just real thankful. The next picture, these are the eight books in English, and we have these here today. If any of these will help you, they're just back into the left a little bit, back towards your own bookstore. 
And uh, the next picture is the book that is at the publisher right now. As a matter of fact, they're saying it's going into layout, which is where they take the manuscript and lay it out on the page so it can be printed uh, even as early as this week. I don't know. They're telling us we'll have it this summer. I'm wondering if it'll be earlier because they seem to be accelerating. But I did a seminar on this topic here last year called Miracles and the Supernatural Throughout Church History. And what we do in this book is we go through 2,000 years of church history and we trace the working of the Holy Spirit, of the supernatural power of God, of healing and gifts of the Spirit for all 2,000 years of the history of the church. And uh, as I said, that's at the publisher now, but you can pre-order that today if you wish. And as soon as it's available, we'll have a copy heading your way. The next picture, I want to show you, these are all places we preached last year. Uh, I think, was I with, with you last March? Would that have been? So these are all pictures from uh, after I was with you last year. That is a conference my wife and I did in Zambia. Uh, uh, hundreds, I have four or five hundred pastors were there from all different parts of Africa, and we got to share with them. The next picture uh, is in Lebanon. That's in Beirut. Uh, that was last April also. Uh, the next picture is Germany, Munich. Believers worshiping there in Munich got to be with them for a few days. And after that, uh, Sicily. Uh, we got any Sicilians here? Anybody here from Sicily? Boy, they eat some interesting food. They served me an octopus that I did not eat. It just, it was, it just looked like they just plucked it out of the water and put it on my plate. But anyway, Sicily, um, the next picture is uh, Brazil. That's getting into the fall of last year. And next would be uh, Russia. That's Rick Renner's church in Moscow. That was last um, October. And then finally, uh, it, Nice, France, and that would be last November. So of the 93 days that we were overseas, uh, those are some of the pictures that, you know, kind of give indication some of the places we were, some of the places we got to minister. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, God, God is not hiding. The Bible says that in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And the Bible says that the knowledge of the Lord and the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so, um, you know, as Christians, we need to understand that we may not always be in the majority where we are, but that God, God is, is not intimidated by the world. Uh, God is not of a, he is not afraid of anything going on in the world. And, uh, he is determined that this gospel shall be preached in all the world, uh, before the end comes. So, uh, we've got every reason to be full of joy and peace and confidence about the future. Uh, I've read the last book of the Bible, the last page of the last book, and we win. And God is not, cons- God does not, need to do any kind of recall on the Bible to rewrite anything. Uh, we're on the winning side. So I want to talk with you this morning about uh, kind of along the lines of our new book a little bit. It's going to be different than what I shared last year, but uh, I want to go to this next slide, if we could, real quick. This is a quote by Reinhard Bonnke, 
And can you see him in the lower right-hand corner of he's preaching? That is a sea of people. He, he would sometimes have as many as two million people in his meetings in Africa. It was just a sea of humanity. But Reinhard Bonnke said this. He said, Christianity is either supernatural or nothing at all. We had, and we still have, a supernatural Jesus with a supernatural ministry, creating a supernatural church with a supernatural gospel and a supernatural Bible. How many of you know every time you open your Bible, you're opening a supernatural book? It's talking about how the God of the universe not only created everything, but then he comes into his own world, into the universe, in the person of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the truth of God and the power of God comes out of him. And how he gives birth to a people, a church, that are born of His Spirit, filled of His Spirit. And even when Jesus ascended into heaven, He empowered His church with the same Holy Spirit to be full of the same love of God and the power of God to demonstrate God's goodness to this world. Reinhard Bonnke went ahead and said, Take the miraculous away, and you have taken Christianity's life away. Uh, the church simply becomes an ethical society or a social club when it is intended to be the grid system for transmitting the power of God into this powerless world. You and I are conductors of God's power to this world. How many of you believe that's exactly who we are? Let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank You for who You are, and we thank You that You've caused us to become a part of Your family. That, Lord, we are the love children of a love God. We are the supernatural children of a supernatural God. And Father, we thank You today that our spirits are alive. We're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, our minds are attentive to Your Word. Lord, we believe You're going to speak and minister life to us today. And that, Father, You're going to just bring wisdom into our hearts. And that, Lord, the power of God is, is strong in this place. And that any, any bondages, any chains of oppression... Any, any uh, sickness, disease, uh, anything that pulls your people down, Lord, it's going to be broken and it's going to come off of the people and they're going to be free in Jesus' name today. And Lord, we thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he gives us not only words to say, but he gives us hearts to believe and to comprehend. And, and Lord, we'll be changed, we'll be transformed by what we see and hear today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, um, I'm, I'm certainly not here to teach the contents of the book, but um, I do want to share one statement with you by one guy. If we could go to the next slide. This is a, one of the early church fathers, a guy named Origen. And he said, notice he died in 253, so the middle of the third century. He said, the name of Jesus. How many of you know that's a wonderful name? 
How many of you know it's a powerful name? The name of Jesus can still remove distractions from the minds of men, expel demons, and also take away diseases. Furthermore, it produces a marvelous meekness of spirit and a complete change of character. Do you know what I love about this statement? A couple things. Number one, it demonstrates that the power of God did not leave the earth or did not leave the church uh, when the last apostle died. Some people believe that, you know, well, the miracles were just for the apostles. No. And, and, and that's what we do address in the book is that all through church history, you have people, church leaders like Origen, who are talking about people still being healed, people still being set free, the gifts of the Spirit still in operation uh, all the way through the centuries. But you know what else I like about this is he not only talks about the power of God, but he also talks about the character of God. How many of you know uh, some people want to hear all about the gifts of the Spirit, but how many of you know we should never forget the fruit of the Spirit? I like that, that he says not only does the name of Jesus remove distractions of mind and cast out devils and bring healing, but it also produces a marvelous meekness of spirit and a complete change of character. How many of you know we should uh, be more like Jesus as time goes on? We should be growing in the love of God and the peace of God and, and kindness and compassion and things like that. So um, I do just I just wanted to throw this in just as a reminder. You can follow through church history and find dozens and hundreds of people who bore witness to the power of God working through church history. But you know the reason that we have a, a basis of faith in the supernatural power of God to actually change things in our lives today is because of what Jesus himself said. Let's look at the next slide. The next slide is something that Jesus said. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works than these because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything. How? In my name. And I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That is powerful. And I know, you know, sometimes, well, but what about this and what about that? But you know what? We have to come back to a place of childlike faith. Notice what Jesus said. He said, you can ask for anything in my name. Everybody say the name of Jesus. Ask for anything in my name. And he said, you ask for anything in my name and I will do it. I have a friend. Well, you know Gerald. You know Gerald Brooks. He's a pastor friend of mine. He pastors in the Dallas area. And um, several years ago, he had a... Uh, uh, I say several, I don't think it's that many, but a few years ago, he had a, a, a mom and a daughter show up in church and he found out the story. Um, this, uh, it was a Muslim family and the husband did not want anything to do with church. 
But the wife wanted to come to church and wanted to bring the little girl. And so he asked, she asked the husband, you know, I'd like to go to church. I think she had a spiritual hunger and um, said, uh, I'd like to go to church. I'd like to take our daughter. And here's what the husband said. He says, well, you can go to church if you want to, but don't ever use that J name in this house. Isn't that something? Don't ever use that J name. How many of you know what the J name is? It's the name of Jesus. And so the mom and the daughter, the daughter was five years old at the time. And they start coming to church. They start hearing the gospel. They, and, and, and when they heard and understand the gospel, you know what they did? They gave their lives and their hearts to Jesus. But the rule stood in the house, don't ever use that J name in the house. So over the course of time, it was actually about two years later, the father, uh, the dad in that home becomes very, very sick. And he's in, he's really, really sick. And the little girl says, Mommy, I, I want to go pray for Daddy. And she said, well, okay, but just remember, you know, don't, don't use the J name. And she said, I know, Mommy. So the little seven-year-old girl goes in, doesn't even ask, just puts her hands on the dad, because she'd heard about this and seen it in church, puts her hand on her dad's chest, and this is what she prays. I want to get it right. She says, Dear God, I am asking you to heal my dad in the name that I am not allowed to mention in this house. Amen. And you know what happened? The power of God hit that man and he got healed. Isn't that bad? I just absolutely love that story. She said, in the name that I'm not allowed to mention in this house. I love that. Let's... um. Let's look at the next slide if we can. See, when we hear stories like that, uh, to me that inspires my faith. But how many of you know a lot of people have been in churches where they've never seen a miracle? I spent 18 years in church and did not believe that miracles happen today. Raised right there in north central Indiana, went to a mainline denominational church. Now, I believe that miracles happen in the past. I believe that Moses split the Red Sea. I believe that, uh, you know, Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. I believe that uh, Jesus walked on water. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. But I just thought all the miracles were back in Bible days. Did you know that there were people in the Bible that didn't believe that, that believed miracles happened back when? Gideon. How many of you know who Gideon was? When Gideon was encountered by the angel... Gideon said, this is way back in Judges, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I want you to stop and think about this. Gideon was a Bible character who had heard about miracles when? In the past. 
He had heard about how God had delivered the children of Israel from the Egyptians, but now you know what? They're in bondage to another group called the Midianites. Do you know what Gideon is saying? Well, God used to do miracles, but he doesn't do them anymore. I wonder how many Christians in America are like that. Well, we believe God used to do them. But see, here's what Gideon did not understand. Maybe Gideon had not seen a miracle in his life, but he was about to. I'm going to say this, that there are thousands, if not millions, of American Christians who have never seen a miracle, but they're about to. If they'll get, if, if, if we will believe like they used to believe, we will see what they used to see. And, and Gideon wasn't the only one. Let's look at the next slide. In the book of Psalms, the psalmist said, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days, in days of old. How many of you heard about the good old days? The good old days. Let's look at the next slide. Two more Psalms. Psalm 74, 9. We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone. See, they're thinking that everything that God did, He did in the past. And then Psalm 89, 49. Lord, where are your former loving kindnesses which you swore to David uh, in your truth? So see, there, there are situations where people... Uh, even in the Bible, didn't see miracles for a season. But just because they didn't see them, didn't mean they weren't about to. And you know what? Many times, the reason why people did not see miracles was simply because they had just drifted away. They just drifted away from closeness to God. They drifted away from His Word. They... um they kind of were just busy doing their own thing, not doing God's thing. But you know what? There would be times where it would appear that, that these people were not seeing miracles, but if they would have just, if they would have just begun to change their attitude, change their expectancy, change their faith. Do you know what one of the great keys to seeing miracles is? Expectancy. Let's look at the next slide if we could. This is how they prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Every believer. Now, do you know there's something about corporate prayer? Praying together as a church family. That when we set ourselves in agreement, they said, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all what? Boldness they may speak your word... By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done, how? Through the name. Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. Because, see, I remember prayers that were prayed when when I was a kid growing up. And you know what? They were absolutely nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. When, when we'd have somebody in the hospital, and you know how we would pray in our church? Well, Lord, Sister Mary's in the hospital. We just ask you to be with Sister Mary. 
but nobody had any expectation that God was maybe going to touch Sister Mary and heal her or raise her up or speed the recovery along or something. Um, There's just no expectation. But see, in the early church, they prayed. They prayed for boldness in the declaration of the word. Why is the word important? Because the Bible says in the early church that when they went out and preached the word, that Jesus confirmed the word with signs following. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We know that faith has something to do with healing and miracles. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So they see they they do you know you can take light and it, it's good. But you know what happens if you concentrate light? You get a laser. And light will illuminate, but a laser will burn through steel. And, and a laser, and, and I'm not a scientist, so if you are and I'm wrong, please tell me, let me know. Uh, but a laser is just really focused and concentrated light, I think. And when we focus and concentrate our faith, you know what? We don't just get illumination. We get something that will burn through all the mess of the enemy. So they prayed. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name. The name of Jesus is so essential in this. Uh, let me show you something that D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody said, see the results when the disciples got the power. See how he came on the day of Pentecost. It is not carnal to pray that he may come again or that we might have another type of similar visitation. He said, I th- and, and that the place may be shaken. I think that the church has made this woeful mistake that Pentecost was a miracle never to be repeated. I believe if we began to pray, we should have the old Pentecostal fire back in Barstow. No, no, he said Boston, but, I... but, but the power of God, he, he is yearning to pour out his power, his grace, his mercy, his compassion. I want to tell you a couple stories because sometimes we talk about the supernatural. People have this idea that God can only move in some, you know, like big auditorium. You know, with some famous evangelist and thousands and thousands of people. But did you know that the supernatural power of God, if we get full of the love of God and full of the power of God, he can use any one of us. You know, we're not far from where Azusa Street was. Pastor Burr, we were talking about this last night uh, at dinner. And uh, William Seymour said, the, the gentleman who led that, Azusa Street Revival back in the early 1900s, he said, he said, when it comes right down to it, uh, Pentecostal power is just more love. Don't, don't separate the love of God. And I mean, we can separate them for study or discussion, but when it comes right down to it, the love of God and the power of God are so interwoven and that type of thing. Um, but, um, 
I'll share with you kind of an early experience I had. We, we had a church prayer meeting way back. This is when I was on the first church in Tulsa, not Rhema, but, um, we were having a church prayer meeting. This would have been about 1982, somewhere in there. And, um, I was, I was up on the platform praying and I looked over. We had some altar benches. How many of you came out of a church where they had altar benches? You can pray at your seat or here just as well, but we had altar benches and, um, there was a young man praying there. And when, when my eye caught him, when my eye saw him, I immediately had this sensation, a sense, a knowing in my heart, is, you could call it an impression, uh, that he was struggling with suicide. And I'd never seen this young man before. And I'm thinking, Lord, are you telling me something? And, and, and all that. And I didn't get some long explanation from God. Did, did you ever wonder why it's called a word of knowledge? It's not a paragraph of knowledge. Now, if God gives you more, but I find so many times God will just give us just a little bit. And if we'll take a step, he'll he'll fill in the rest. And so, you know, I didn't want to say something to this young man. And how, how many of you know, we don't want to be embarrassed, you know, and uh, but but I just and, and so I didn't act immediately, but I just kind of prayed and, and all that. And it was just still there. And I, I thought to myself, I thought, I don't just think this is my imagine. How many of you know sometimes your imagination can just go off on something? But I said, I don't think this is my imagination. I really think. And, and so I just went down beside him. And um, at, at an appropriate time, I just said, I said, can, can I say something to you? And he looked at me and said, sure, because he's just there kneeling and praying. And I said, um, I said, we've never met or anything, but I said, uh, have, have you been dealing with any kind of like suicidal thoughts uh, of any kind? And uh, boy, his eyes got real big. He said, how did you know? And I said, well, I, I was just praying and I looked at you and I said, it just seemed like maybe maybe God was telling me to, you know, come talk with you about it. And is, is that and he said, yeah, he said, as a matter of fact, he said, I've already got a plan. I, I just came to church tonight to give God one more chance. And, um, and, and so, but it really caught his attention, you know, that, that I came and said that and had no way of knowing. And, um, so I went ahead and visited with him that night and, and, and I, I didn't have any other supernatural revelation or whatever. I just told him what I know. I know that God loves you. And I know that God has a plan for your life and that he wants you to, you know, overcome this. And I was able to pray with him and he he recommitted his life to Jesus that night. He'd, he'd kind of been away from God for a good while. And uh, but something cute happened. He called me the next morning and he was happy and he was, you know, he had he had recommitted his life to God and he was back on track, you know. And uh, he said, Brother Cook, he said, um, I'm, I'm getting ready to go look for a job. He said, that's one of the reasons I was really down. You know, I'd lost my job and was feeling real hopeless and stuff. And he said, uh, he said, could you do that thing you did last night and tell me where to look for a job? 
And I said, excuse, he said, you know, just you, you talk to God and maybe God will tell you the place I'm supposed to go. I said, listen, brother, I said, I said, that's not a light switch. I can't just turn that off and on, you know, and make it happen just because I want it to happen. And I said, but I'll tell you what. I said, I'll pray with you that God will give you wisdom and God will guide you and direct you. And I said, also, I said, I know some men in the church who have businesses and I'll give you their business name and phone numbers and you can go check and see if they have, you know, openings and things like that. See, you can help people supernaturally, but you can also help people naturally. And if God doesn't give you something supernatural, but you know of a way to help somebody, you can help them that way. And, and, and any time the love of God comes out, it, it really is supernatural. It's God's love. But it may not be, listen to this, it may not be spectacular. And Brother Hagen always said this, sometimes we get busy looking for the spectacular and miss the supernatural. Now, I have a friend who had something a little bit more um, even dramatic than what I had happen. This guy pastors up in Washington State. <clears throat> and I'm just going to read this to you. This is a friend of mine. <clears throat> and and it doesn't. this just doesn't just happen with preachers. This can happen with anybody. He just happens to be a preacher. He said, I had been speaking on a Sunday morning in one city and was scheduled to speak in a different city that same night. Now, this is not the church he was pastoring. He was a guest speaker. And he said, following the morning service, I packed up rather quickly and got on the road. As I was leaving the city limits of that small country town, the Spirit of God spoke to me to turn around and go back. What I heard the Spirit say was, don't leave town. I'm not done yet. So I turned the car around and drove back to the front of the church I had just left. I jumped up out, I jumped out of the car and headed up the dozen or so steps that led to the entrance of the building. Standing at the top of those stairs was a man dressed in western wear. Uh, he was sporting freshly pressed Levi's and a snap button dressy shirt along with polished cowboy boots that bore Sterling silver tips at the pointed toes. He was a real cowboy. He stood there, his hat in his hands, with his eyes fixed intently upon me. He said in a gruff voice, I thought you were leaving. And this friend of mine says, I felt like I'd been dropped into the middle of a Western movie. Without any hesitation, I heard myself reply, well, I was trying to. But the Spirit made me come back. I guess it's really your fault. You need to get saved today before I can leave town. And we need to sort of hurry it up. I've got a long way to drive this afternoon. And I'm in a bit of a hurry. My friend writes, that rough and tough cowboy began to cry. I mean like a baby. He said through his sobbing, I got up this morning and prepared everything I was going to need to accomplish a task this afternoon. I told myself I was going to come hear you preach this morning and then go home and take care of some business. I told God, I'm not even sure if you're real, but if you're really real, have that preacher speak directly to me. If he doesn't say anything, I'll assume you're either not real or that you don't really care about me. 
He said, I was standing here thinking to myself, I guess I've got my answer. I was ready to uh, head on home when I looked up and saw your car coming back up the street. He went on to tell me that his plan was to go home that Sunday morning afternoon and take his own life unless God responded to his prayer. However, he instead received the Lord and was gloriously saved that day. Amen. Now listen to this. He said, I, I don't consider his getting saved that morning as the only miracle. It was a miracle that I actually listened and obeyed. Share one more story with you here. This is a, a lady, uh, a lady preacher. Uh, during the service, the Lord said, there's someone here and you plan to leave here and tell your wife that you want a divorce. The Lord said, no, if you will stay, he will restore all. The man, a man ran out of the church and into the restroom crying. A young man walked in and saw him crying, asking him what was wrong. He said, how did she know that? The young man was able to minister to him. The man was so shaken, he came back the next day and counseled with us, trying to understand how we knew. I'm happy to say that he did not leave his wife, and now he and his family take up a whole row of seats every Sunday. God has restored his marriage. Now, these are things when the Holy Spirit is allowed to move and operate and minister. And, you know, and sometimes you, you may think, well, I'm not I'm not behind a pulpit. I don't have the, you know, the means to do some of those things. But you know what? We have friendships. We have relationships. We have people that we work with. And, you know, sometimes when the Lord shows us something, it's not necessarily even for us to say something to somebody. Sometimes the Lord shows us something so we can pray. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in our lives, in our ministries. I believe the church is a supernatural church and that as we, as we believe Him, as we believe His Word, stop and think about what Jesus said. If you believe in me, the works that I do, you'll do those same things. Because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. I want to share these a couple things in closing. Let's go to the next slide if we could. Charles Spurgeon. How many of you know Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist preacher? Famous Baptist preacher in London. Notice he died in 1892. He said, another great work of the Holy Spirit, which is not accomplished, is the bringing on of the latter day glory in a few more years. I know not when, I know not how, the Holy Spirit will be poured out in a far different style from the present. How many of you know he said that just like 10 years, 15 years before Azusa Street? And look at what else Charles Spurgeon said. The next slide. He said, I do hope that perhaps a fresh era has dawned upon us and that there is a better pouring out of the Spirit even now. For the hour is coming, and it may be even now, when the Holy Spirit shall be poured out again in such a wonderful manner that many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. 
Then notice what he said. He's quoting the Bible here. The knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the water cover the surface of the great deep. Now, notice he's saying this, that that the knowledge of God is going to cover the whole earth based on or energized by a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. One more statement by Spurgeon. He said, I see no reason why we should not have a greater Pentecost than Peter saw and a reformation deeper in its foundations and truer in its upbuildings than all the reforms which Luther or Calvin achieved. How many of you know that there have been some pretty impressive people that have had phenomenal expectations about great outpourings of the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to close with one final one. You ready for this final one? Billy Graham. Even Billy Graham said, as we approach the end of the age... I believe we will see a dramatic recurrence of signs and wonders that will demonstrate the power of God to a skeptical world. Just as the powers of Satan are being unleashed with greater intensity, so I believe God will allow signs and wonders to be performed. I don't know about you, but when I see people like this, how many of you know nobody associates Billy Graham with signs, wonders, and miracles? They associate him with what? Evangelism, just preaching the gospel, seeing people get saved. But you know what? It's all part of the same package. And different people are going to be used differently. Some people are just, you know, the Bible, when it lists miracles and healings and tongues, did you know right in there it lists helps? Helps is a supernatural ministry. When people, not just, oh, I'll do it if nobody else will do it, I'll do it if I have to. When people say, it's my joy to serve God. It's my joy to serve God by loving other people. And, and, and so my encouragement to you today is, is simply this. Is that God is going to do, wants to do, yearns to do some tremendous things through His people. And and we don't want to get so busy looking for the spectacular that we quit doing the basic, fundamental, foundational things that God has called each of us to do in serving Him, the character, the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm telling you, um, we've got some good days ahead. God is pouring out His Spirit all over the earth. and um, And I believe just like... Moody envisioned it for Boston. I think we can envision it for Barstow, don't you? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.